welcome to a Cozy Chat About podcast. I am your host, Harina Swift, and I welcome you to join me in this discussion. We're going to be talking about the Invitation movie on Netflix. But this podcast as a whole aims to cover different topics about stuff in, around, and about life. The world can be a rough and weird place, but the conversations around it, in and about it, can still be cozy. This podcast is a member of the CozyPodcastNetwork.com. Today's date is 12-29-2022, and this is episode two. And like I said, the Invitation movie is on Netflix. It came out this year. It is described as a horror mystery and it's rated PG-13. It is one hour and 44 minutes long and I have been wanting to do um, the stuff about the cozy podcast or the cozy chat about podcast is where I can talk about mainly anything and have a chat about it. And one of the sections of the show is going to be uh, TV and movies, something that I watch and I'm going to have a cozy chat about it because Art imitates life, and many people think, oh, you're just watching junk, but you can find amazing messages in junk. <laughs> That's, you know, what people describe as junk, like my chair I'm sitting in that wants to crank. Anyways, um, 48% of uh, Google users like this movie, which I think is pretty good because I ended up liking it better, more than what I thought I was going to like it. Because I'm not like a big whore. I love mystery, but I'm not a big like whore um, connoisseur. A lot of people love that genre of movies. I'm just not that person. I'm very like I am very I have high empathy and I get immersed in the like anything that I consume whether it be like movies TV shows games stuff like that like I get so engrossed in it it affects me on like an everything level I can't just watch something and just like turn everything off like my body reacts to whatever I'm watching and I even felt like my heart racing while I was watching this show. And this is probably like super tame to like what many people consider, you know, a horror genre. So um, one thing that um, I'm going to start is just by kind of introducing you to the show. And uh, we have, there's an, a large cast for the show. And there's some names that I'm sure everybody else rem like recognizes because I didn't recognize a lot of these people. I suck with like um, naming, like remembering people's names. But come to find out when you look through like the cast and such, you'll find that a lot of the cast is in stuff that they, you know, like I think it was on um, the main actor, Thomas Doherty. He plays one of the main people in the show called Walter, Walter DeVille. And it wasn't lost on me that it sounds like Walt, Walter Devil. <laughs> it's pronounced Day, D-E, and then the second half of the last name, Ville, V-I-L-L-E. But it's Thomas Doherty is the actor. And he had, it looks like he had played in other shows um, known as his role in Disney Channel's musical series, The Lodge, Harry Hook in the Descendants film franchise, uh, Max Wolf in the HBO Max reboot of Gossip Girl, and now most recently Walter in the um, film The Invitation on Netflix. 
So he is the main attraction, um, the male part. And then the head uh, actress is Natalie Emmanuel. She plays Evie. And I absolutely loved her in the role. Um, Natalie Joanne Emanuel is an English actress. She began her acting career appearing in theater in the late 1990s, acquiring roles in various West End productions, such as the musical The Lion King and so on. So um, she was born in 1989, just some facts. And um, she's 33 and from South End on Sea, United Kingdom. And she has an upcoming movie called Fast X. So, but what I loved about the show was the friend. I love the best friend. And that was played by Courtney Taylor. She played Grace, uh, Evie's best friend. And I love the energy she brought to the show. And I just, oh, I thought it was awesome. Some films that Courtney Taylor have uh, been in is Hysterical, Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss. That was way back in 1989. Also, Tracks of a Killer, Insecure, and then also now The Invitation. And some of the other more notable characters is um, Victoria, which in my notes, I took like 13 pages of notes because I was just like, I have to write some stuff down because there's just so much stuff comes at you while you're watching the show. Um, Stephanie Cornelison plays Victoria. I refer to her as the snobby brunette. <laughs> and then like the cutesy blonde um lucy is the character she plays and um the actress elena bowden plays her and then the you know you really want to like the oliver the cousin oliver alexander just such a great personality very bubbly um he's played by character hugh skinner and then the um Jack Wagon Butler, I called him in my notes. Sean Pertwee played Mr. Field. So, yeah. So, i am just got some of the main characters out of the way. Uh, let's tell you a little bit about the show. Uh, after the death of her mother and having no other known relatives, Evie takes a DNA test. And in my notes, I was like, everything bad starts with the DNA test. Um, so... And she discovers a long-lost cousin she never knew she had, invited by her newfound family to a lavish wedding in the English countryside. Evie's at first seduced by the sexy, aristocratic host. However, she's soon thrust into a nightmare of survival as she uncovers twisted secrets about her family history and the unsettling intentions behind their sinful generosity. So the first thing I want to say about the show is I wish that it was actually not a movie. I wish that it was maybe, um, like, maybe a multiple series movie, like maybe like a five-part series. I feel like this whole plot had so much potential to even be like some sort of a show. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have a spinoff because they kind of left the ending open, but I won't get ahead. So when it starts out, Evie is like, it. what you see when the first part of the show starts is there, it's like a dark castle. They start right away at the dark castle and there's a woman who's locked up 
and some guy opens the door, which I find out later is the butler, and he's like, everybody's really worried about you. You need to eat. And you're just like, okay, this chick doesn't want to eat. And then um, she's saying that, you know, she's done with this whole thing that's going on. She turns on the butler, knocks him out, runs down the hallway, wraps a cord around her, grabs a heavy statue and then unalives herself over the edge of a balcony. And so that's how the movie starts. And you're like, okay, wow, we're just gonna start right now. We're just diving in. So then it fast over to present time um, and now we're in the city. I don't really know what city it is. I don't know if it's sad, but now we're in the city life and you see the cityscape and all the lights and stuff and it's nighttime. And then you see the main character, Evie. She is trying to serve hors d'oeuvres at this party. Nobody's taking her food. She works with her best friend, Grace. They're chatting it up and having, you know, a laugh over at the end of the party. Their gruff boss comes over. They're casually laughing about the dating scene. Oh yeah, they're in New York because she said the dating scene in New York is rough. And she's like, tell me about it. So they're wrapping up the end of the night and the grumpy boss is like, comes out and kind of scoffs at him and He's like, you know, oh, because they were laughing about um, how many times people try to like get their number or hit on them or brush up against them in a certain kind of way. And so they were just laughing, about, laughing it off, comparing um, gross notes back and forth. And then the boss is like, you know, I, there's many people who would love your job, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, whatever. So then like it shows them now at Evie's apartment and they're just having a good time, just laughing, being friends, BFF time. And then friend leaves and then it show it cuts to Evie opening up a DNA test. So I don't know if it's something like she wanted to do. I don't know if I missed like why she wanted to, or she just happened to have a DNA test in her apartment. I don't know. So she, it's nighttime. She has candles lit. She's looking over at her family. They have all their family pictures. And I think it was just kind of like to give you a sense that like she has family, but they're not around anymore. And then we find out that she doesn't have anyone left her, um, mom and dad had passed and her mom had recently passed from cancer and she goes into the DNA thing, opens it up. And then I don't know if she just got back the results or what, but then all of a sudden she finds out um, later that she has a cousin uh, who is Alexander, part of the Alexander family. He plays Oliver Alexander and it shows up this really they were laughing because it's some white guy and she they were laughing at it. it was like okay some white english man is your relative and so what what comes next is like they he wants to meet her and gracie is hilarious grace i call her gracie grace is hilarious she's like what you ain't gonna go meet this guy. It just you just just say he's your family member off the internet. What you want to be catfished by someone? And she's just like totally trying to talk Evie out of meeting this guy. And everything happens really fast. That's one thing I'm gonna say why I wish this was more than just a movie because they had so much. I just felt like everything was just boom, 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 boom. 
you know, like it had an amazing plot, had an amazing um, storyline, but I want more of, uh, I think they could have spread it out and gave us more. This just seemed to like hit everything really fast. Like one minute, the chick's jumping and taking her, unaliving herself. The next minute she's, we're in New York and she's ser serving hors d'oeuvres. And the next minute she's meeting her long lost cousin from across the pond. And then the next minute she's all of a sudden trust this guy enough to go, y'all, he's like, you know what? You should totally come to this wedding. We have cousins that are getting married. And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, I can't really afford to leave right now. And he's like, oh, that's okay. We'll pay for it, blah, blah. So all of a sudden, like, she meets this person just because the DNA test said that she's cousin she's like okay i can trust you now as a family doesn't screw you over on the regular right now she just dives in like i have no family i will trust this rando who says he's my family so she goes all the way leaves her only sane voice of reason grace and flies across the pond where she lands and it speed rushes her right to the mansion this is amazing beautiful mansion and there's all of these um like french made type dressed ladies like six to eight of them i want to say in a line you got the grumpy butler and he's like you know he's there and evie runs into one of the the know if they were hired to like be serve servers because they're doing all kinds of stuff they have them in like a french maid type outfit or maybe like a typical black and white i just keep calling it french maid like a typical black and white outfit and um they were trying to carry in all these glasses and stuff evie crashes into them the butler gets all you know gruff with her then all of a sudden this um oh walter arrives he's the handsome bachelor and that should have been like your first red flag like if you if this guy is this hot and this rich and he's still single he's damaged goods okay ladies i mean there's something right there you just i mean yeah if it looks too good it's too good because <laughs> this is not normal you don't look at this guy and see this big pearly white and he just there's not anything wrong like you couldn't find anything wrong with this guy's face like if he is that perfect looking and and number two super freaking charming red flag psychopaths are charming they will just love bomb the crap out of you to let you let down your guard and poor evie man got sucked right into this dude's hoovering this is all this this is all all of that yeah so poor evie falls immediately starts kind of bantering back and forth with like a flirty nature she shows up in just comfy clothes she's got some comfy print like um reminds me of like the 80s type of like uh pants you know they're coming back where they're tight at the ankle and they kind of fan out not to the extent of like mc hammer pants back in the day but kind of midway and they have like a fun pattern on it and then she has like another really um wild pattern like a jacket and they don't match at all but it looks good on her because she's beautiful so she just kind of plays it cool 
and kind of um, lets the Walter's like, oh, because the, the butler was kind of being snotty to her. And he's like, she's one of our very important guests. And then the butler totally changes. And it really kind of ticked Evie off because, hello, she is a server. Or she also knows what it's like to do the hospitality type of industry. So she doesn't take kindly to people talking down to people in her same industry. So she immediately had a sour taste in her mouth when it came to this jack wagon butler, Mr. Field. So she goes into, into the mansion and now it's automatically immediately nighttime. I don't know. And everything is freaking creepy. Like the, the outside of the mansion looks amazing. It's all white and like blue trimmed and it looks like a fairy tale Walt Disney Palace. But you go inside and it looks like the freaking haunted mansion. And everything's dark and old and has these creepy like gargoyle stuff. And I don't know, just not something that I would feel like I want to just wander around by myself. I would want it like go in like packs, but she's there all by herself. Like she's there and they're like, oh, come on in. Oh, I will show you your room. And then she like gets her own like maid or I don't know what what they called her but it was an older lady and she had short hair and she always just seemed to have a gentleness about her but also kind of like looked gruff but acted gentle and I liked her immediately and then I find out later why so Evie first impression she's in this beautiful room and then we got to see the lady who used to, it all starts to come together. That the room that Evie's in, hmm, looks a lot familiar. It looks just like the lady who um, unalived herself out of that room previously. But we don't really know the time limit. Like, when did that happen? But we do see a picture. She's like, oh, who is this lady on the, on the wall? And it's like this oil painting. And the maid is like, oh, well, that was the lady who used to live in this room. And Evie's first red flag is she goes, <laughs> first red flag of the mansion. She goes, huh, she doesn't look too happy to be here. Hmm. Yes, Evie, listen to your, <laughs> listen to your gut instinct, lady. But nope, Evie is too, um, you know, enamored with the amazing, beautiful place. She makes herself a cozy. Plus, I'm sorry if I'm, this is just me because I'm hypervigilant. Um, she's in a new place that looks like a creepy ghost haunted, um, place with a bunch of weird people that she's never met. And she just wants to sleep in like a long t-shirt. No, honey. If you're going to be running from ghosts or some axe murder, you got to put some pants on. Okay. <laughs> so I thought, what are you doing? Just sleeping in your t-shirt. You got to be ready to fly the coop if something goes down. Nope, not Evie. She was like already trusting these people and not once thinking that something creepy is going to go down. I think something creepy is going to go down if I'm in a bathroom all by myself. And I'm like, at any moment in time, an ex murderer could come in and just chop me up a little pieces. Nobody would know. But not Evie. She's like, oh, this is a beautiful mansion. Nothing's going to happen to me. Well, then all of a sudden, there's a knock on her door. Hmm. And it's Walter. Because that's not suspicious, right? Walter, the bachelor, the rich and gorgeous man just happens to be strolling down the hallway. And you're like, oh, I'm in my t-shirt. I'm going to go in through the door. And, you know. Yeah, so he answers the door, immediately starts flirting with her again. Like, the, all of this, when anybody is putting the gas, hitting the gas pedal 
to try to like lock you into a relationship with them, that is a red flag. You do not go running in. They are laying it on thick for a reason. And I'm telling you, if this guy, if somebody is that hot, that fine, that rich, and they are not locked down, they're broken, they're damaged, something's wrong with them, they're a psychopath, there's something, some faulty wiring upstairs. But no, Evie, who should have straight smarts, in my opinion, coming from New York and already understanding that the dating scene can be rough in New York, really has no guard to be let down here. She's just letting it everything. She's just trusting all of the people, all of the strangers. Yeah, so Evie's in the room. Now she's flirting with Walter. And I'm just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So then all of a sudden it goes to like, oh, 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 oh. This is the other red flag, right? She walks over to the window and there's bars on the window. Cause that's normal, right? And she asked the maid lady, why is there bars on the window? And she's like, oh, because there's these, well, I wrote it down. She's like, these skypes, skikes, skikes it's called. Some carnivorous bird supposedly named a skike attacks the windows or the mansion and they have to put the bars on to keep the skike out. But when a skike actually does hit the window later in the movie, it's easily small enough to fit through bars. So she didn't once think, hmm, I've never heard of a carnivorous bird that attacks mansions. It's almost like Evie coming from New York, going over to England, thought like she was literally leaving reality and going to live in fairy tale world where big, huge carnivorous birds attack windows and having bars on your window is just completely normal. Okay. If you, <laughs> if anything, she should have had bars on her door, on her windows in New York. <laughs> so in my opinion, because I feel like there's more opportunity to people wanting to call out, come up into your window there than these random birds that I've literally never heard of. And they were tiny. So yeah, second red flag, right? You got the hot guy who apparently is, you know, all on the market. And then now you have bars on your windows because carnivorous birds attack the mansion. Okay. So still no, she's not alarmed. She talks to her friend, Grace. Grace is just, you know, the only light in that whole dark mansion is the little FaceTime um, with Grace. Like if I had Grace as a friend and I was Evie, I would just keep her in my pocket at like on a Bluetooth headset the whole time because Grace needed to be Evie's like voice of reason. Evie's just flying by the seat of her pants and just going with whatever easily sucked in by these people. It was nuts. So then they have her, she goes to sleep and then all of a sudden they wake up and it was very kind of like frozen where she's in this huge bed. She's passed out. Her hair is all crazy. She's got her pajamas all crazy. And they're, they knock on the door. Oh, it's a re your reunion dinner is here. And I'm like, what? What? How? When did she, did she sleep all day long and now it's dinner time? I don't know. But so they got her up. She got dressed. Um, Walter magically just delivered a, a dress for her to wear. Um, no, no, not yet. That's in the future. Sorry. I digress. She gets out this cute dress. It's like a little high cut one piece V neck dress. Um, looks really great on her. She comes in. Another red flag. She walks into this thing called a reunion dinner, right? You know who's in the reunion dinner? The whole freaking room is just men. 
literally I saw one woman's face. I had to rewind and go, am I seeing this right? Is this all Miss Men? She just walks into a huge sausage fest and never wonders, hmm, why are all my why are my relatives dudes? Why are they all dudes? I don't know. So once again, Evie does not question this. There's just someone like an older lady in her late fifties and it looks like a wife of someone, but they're all the rest were men. And I thought, wow, this is strange. She doesn't question it. She just buddies up with her long lost cousin, Oliver Alexander, and doesn't question a thing. Puts all her trust in Oliver. Cause Oliver just kind of took on this friendly hokey kind of cousin who just wants the best from her and almost acts like they've been BFS for like a long time. It's really strange. So they do all of that. And let me take a look at my notes. Oh yeah. And before the reunion dinner, Alexander, her cousin, uh, Oliver, said, Uncle Alfred is 89 and is just dying to meet you. And also, uh, her the best advice came from her friend Grace before she left to go to this England adventure was, don't trust anyone with goatees. <laughs> so, so moving on. Um, right off the, the, it's dark and creepy. It goes with the bubbly friend keeps everything light. And then this, oh, another red flag with her bedroom was the mirror was broken in her, she had this huge, gorgeous vanity and she asked the maid, what happened to the mirror? She goes, oh, the mirror was broken last week. We're ordering a new one. And, um, yeah. And then I already covered the weird bars on the windows and the local carnivorous birds. Oh, it's so funny. You know, then you know what she does, decides to do? Go for a jog at night, because you know that's what you do. You're in England, it's nighttime, you're living in this creepy mansion, and you decide to go for a jog. Um, so then all of a sudden she wakes up. So I was like, is the jog, did she really go for the jog, or was she having a nightmare that she was going for the jog? I wasn't quite sure. It kind of seemed really blended. So then... I want to say the next night when she wakes up, then she meets, you know, people. It shows her um, kind of really freaking out because she had like a bad dream. And I think she thought she's always seen something because in her dream or if it was real, I couldn't tell. She was jogging and she looked back at the mansion and then she saw the silhouette of a woman in the window looking out at her. And then all of a sudden she woke up kind of wigged out and then they had to it was time to attend the wedding a nighttime um like a pre-wedding dance thing where they were going to supposedly have the couple show up that the whole reason why evie was even going there was to meet like these long lost family members who were getting married and so walt left a dress for her it was long and like golden with straps little spaghetti straps and so he's already love bombing her he's flirting with her leaving her with these dresses and then all of a sudden she appears everybody starts staring at her she feels really awkward she's like why is everybody staring at me another thing when you go to a reunion dinner and they're all men and then you go to this uh nighttime wedding for this um mysterious couple that she still has yet to meet and everybody stops and stares at you then you're approached by 
like this really and I called her the snobby brunette but in the show her name was Victoria she's taller very busty very glamorous and then there's a smaller more petite girl with um, and she's Lucy and she was really bubbly and friendly and Victoria's just a wanker to Evie and she's like oh you're American I was expecting something else and then Evie's like well this is what you get <laughs> and then um, they oh yeah the families oh yeah so yeah I'm going over my notes right now and I'm like oh yeah so then Walter appears and then he says hey do you want to get out of here and she's like well isn't you know aren't you the hosting this party shouldn't you like stick around and he's like oh boring let's just go off so then she like okay she leaves and goes off wandering in the night with this guy and i'm like what the heck nobody taught you anything you don't just go out you just met this guy and you're gonna go wander in the darkness with him okay no you're from new york you should know better so then she, he takes her to like this he, they walk past this creepy freaking building and she's like what's that building and he's like oh that's the old ice chest from before when before refrigerators were around i'm like it looks like a freaking crypt that's what it looks like and then he's like i want to show you another i want to show you another um surprise so he takes her in this building and he hits a switch and like five lamps glow but literally no light is expelled and i'm like what kind of crappy lamps are those they just glow but literally no light is like going out to the room i thought weird and then um it's like this whole other building and it magically has what she loves to do. She loves to do pottery, ceramics, stuff like that. Because her mom taught her how to do it when she was little. And, you know, she still does it now to remind herself of her mom who passed away from cancer. So, magically, he just has a whole setup there. Everything that she needs to do pottery and ceramics, paints, everything. He has a little spinning wheel with the clay on it and stuff. And like that was an object, you know, that is not like an everyday hobby. It's not like he had a color coloring book out and some markers, <laughs> you know, he, just, he had a, everything. And that did not once go, hmm, this is interesting. This guy has a room devoted to my most favorite hobby. Hmm, nothing to, nothing suspicious there. So then <laughs> they go back and then I, I want to say that night it shows her sleeping because I don't write, I didn't write this down. So I'm going to have to go off from my horrible memory. So I want to say she goes back. Oh, Walter even when, when, um, when Evie was mingling around the party with her supposedly nice cousin Oliver, uh, Walter has a little bit of a confrontation with the snobby brunette Victoria, and he says something like, you be nice to her, you, you, because she acted like really jealous, and she's like, have you told her about us yet? So then you kind of think, oh, do they have a history where they used to date, blah, 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 and, um, so Walter, oh yes, oh, and they kiss at the pottery thing. And then Walter shows back up without Evie. Evie's just gone now. After the pottery thing, where she went, I don't know. He, the snobby brunette is like, where did she go? And he's like, oh, she's, she has really bad jet lag. So then all of a sudden, Evie's gone. And we're like, okay. So the snobby brunette is acting jealous, asking questions. Walter tells her he has no, oh, Ah, this is the other part. 
Get this! Evie's in the freaking pottery barn thing with the Walter guy, and he literally says, Oh, I don't... He asked, you know, oh, do you blah, 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 or dating or whatever. And he's like, I have no redeemable qualities. Because she's like, I just don't understand how you're like, you know, alone. You don't have a relationship. And he's like, well, that's because I have no redeemable qualities. And I'm like, hello. Okay, let's take, this is where Grace needs to be on her little phone inside her ear going, listen here, Evie, there's freaking bars on your windows. You show up to a reunion, it's all dudes. Total sausage fest. Is that not weird that all your relatives that are living just happen to be dudes and then you go to a party in a dress that he buys for you then you show up at a building that just happens to be all about your one hobby that you do is pottery and then he tells you he has no redeeming qualities and she says oh no you stop playing that role you have redeeming qualities you apologize to me for how the butler acted and he was like because i was trying to impress you and i'm like listen to the man he's telling you the truth <laughs> but no she doesn't want to believe what he's telling her she is taking her own expectations over him literally busting himself out but she just thinks he's trying to play like this like gloomy droomy like bachelor guy and i'm like no girl don't think for other people when he's telling you how he is you need a freaking lesson but no she doesn't listen so walter let me check my notes oh yeah so walter tells the snobby Victoria, that Evie is recovering from jet lag and tells her to play nice with Evie. And in like a 60% threatening way, like kind of playful, but mostly like if you hurt her, I'm coming after you type of a thing. So then magically, Evie is back in her room. So Evie went right from the pottery barn to right to her room. And it's all dark. She's sleeping. Then all of a sudden, something starts whispering her name. Evie, Evie. And she starts looking around like, Back. Then all of a sudden, on the canopy of her bed, this freaking creepy creature thing is like clawing, making clawing marks and stuff. Evie's tripping out because obviously she's never seen anything like this going on before. She gets freaked out, goes and dives under her bed. And this is about like halfway through the movie, like 48 minutes in. So she hides under her bed and then all of a sudden something grabs her by her ankles and now i'm thinking is it this freaky creepy beast because all through the movie there's like creepy things going on that i will just let you find out on your own and it's kind of beastly you know you get just this hint of like a beast thing all of a sudden she freaking gets yanked out from under the bed and then guess who it is it's walter walter just magically comes into her room did it knock just appeared and then She's like freaking out, telling him that something crazy is going on because she like broke her lamp and it was this big mess. And he gaslights her and says that she's safe and there's nothing in her room and nothing happened. She's just not used to a new place. So I'm like, okay, so there's bars on your window. This dude gaslights you, tells you what you think, what you feel, what you saw didn't happen, but you're safe with him. This new person you just met, apparently, he's a psychopath. <laughs> Girls, do not do that. 
even men, because there are women out there that are freaking psychopaths. So Walter offers to stay with her till she falls asleep, because you know that's normal. You just met the guy. Can you do what you like me to lay with you until you till you fall asleep? Yes, creepy man I just met that just appeared while he's being attacked by a beast. Yeah, just come and lay down with me until I fall asleep. How and then and then and then um Evie and the, her start talking about like what they want out of life and he's like what do you want to what what makes you happy what do you want to do with your life and then you know she's telling him i just wanted to do this and i want to do that but what i really want to do is just live and be happy and just live and then he's like oh okay and then she's like what do you want to do with your life and then he rolls over on his back and then starts pontificating about spending his life with someone who he really matters and who really sees him and who really accepts him for who he is. And then he looks over and she has already passed out. And I just thought this was so crazy because <laughs> this guy is like listening to you. And then all of a sudden, the minute he starts talking about himself, she passes out. Like I, it was fast. I'm like, wow, they're just really speeding everything up in the show. Within seconds, she was like, okay, bye, snoozeville. And like, <laughs> Oh, so strange. So then, let me check. Okay, yeah. So, Evie leaves and, oh, 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 where, I think I skipped a spot. Hold on. Okay, so yeah, she falls asleep with Walter and then guess what? She wakes up again, startled with the creepy, snotty Victoria and the, the like happy, bubbly Lucy. They come rolling into her bedroom again. Like nobody knocks. They just barge in and hide in her room and do weird stuff. So then the bridal party, they say, guess what? It's time for our spa day. And she's like, oh, all right. So then they give her her robe. They all are in these robes and they go down to this creepy freaking room it looks like it's like in the basement but it's not like they try to make it look nice like a spa but there's like a steaming pool it's like a big pool but it was steaming so it's like i've never seen a hot tub that big but whatever and it had like a bunch of flower petals in it and then it had like these like two tables with all these um other ladies maybe like 20 women nah, maybe about 15 women sitting across from each other and the minute she walks in all these creepy robo women with mud masks at the table all turn at the same time and stare at her. Hello, not freaking normal. If everybody, you roll into a room and everybody like clockwork on the dime, turn robotically and stare at you, leave, okay? Leave. Say you gotta go to the bathroom. Say you ate Taco Bell. I don't know, but do not, do not go into the room, all right? But nope, Evie doesn't, Evie doesn't have Gracie on her shoulder and telling her to run. So she goes, okay, and then goes into the room, sits down, and then they start doing, like, manicures on Evie. Creepy Victoria goes and it goes to go swimming in the steaming hot tub pool thing. And all of a sudden now she don't have any clothes on, and everybody else is in their robes still getting like manicures and then all of a sudden the victoria the naked victoria in the steaming pool starts going 
Oh, starts grilling her about Walter. Has Walter told you about me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, just going on and on. Trying to poke and prod and get a reaction out of Evie. Evie's playing it off and says she doesn't care. She doesn't need to know about his history. And then Victoria's like, oh, that's pretty, pretty mature of you. Like being like, oh, well, since it doesn't bother you. And then Victoria's like, it doesn't bother you what he does behind those locked doors. It doesn't bother you. And she's like, nope, it doesn't bother me. So then the lady doing the manicure goes and does I don't know they you knew something was gonna happen because they're like making her like cut you kept hearing the clippers clip 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 her nails and all of a sudden she clips too hard nicks Evie's finger Evie's finger starts to bleed Evie jumps up and and the most Evie's freaked out in this whole movie is when she got clipped during a manicure the bars didn't freak her out the creepy wolf thingy she felt like something was watching her when she was jogging in the dream or non-dream um the creepy creature who was clawing at her her bed canopy that seems to have gone out of her mind oh but this clipping of a fingernail um injury just set her off and she she gets up and she's like, I'm leaving. And then all of a sudden, Victoria's like, oh, come here, calm down. I'll take care of it. And sticks her finger in her mouth and sucks the blood off because that's normal. So then, <laughs> but she doesn't know what Victoria is. So then, guess what? Evie said that none of this bothered her. But what did she do? She ran right to the library where the locked keys are. In the beginning of the show, you've already seen that she kind of witnessed where they hid the key. So she unlocked the library, goes into the library and starts snooping around. And that is when I start to freak out because I'm thinking at any moment in time, freaking Walter, the psychopath, who right now is wearing that nice guy mask, any moment that mask is gonna slip and Evie's just gonna be like crap out of luck. She's just, it's not, she doesn't know that this is gonna happen. But if you know what psychopaths are and narcissistic personality disorder people, sociopaths, all those people, they wear a mask until they don't wear the mask. And that's when the real monster comes out. She hasn't met that guy yet, but I was freaking out thinking that the library was going to be that moment. So then she goes into the library and she starts snooping around and there's all these folders with like people's pictures and stuff. And then she finds her folder and has her name and like a background check and all this stuff. So then she knocks over something and she leaves. She goes running back to her room to start packing up because now she's pissed. She's like this. Now this is when the red, now this is when she decides to question this guy. None of the other stuff, you know. So, oh, I should tell you at some point. Oh, this is when it happens. Okay, I almost jumped again. So, Walter, I don't know how he knew that she figured out what was going on and he had to go run to her room. But all of a sudden, she's packing and he disappears at her door again. What's going on? And she's like, what do you mean what's going on? Look at this. And like slams a folder with all her stuff in it at him. And he's like, oh, he never once did he act the way I thought he would be. But I, you know, I'm like, why didn't he get mad that she was snooping in the, the room? They said, you can go anywhere in this mansion. Do not go in the library. She goes in the library and literally nothing happens to her. He does not even flinch or act this or matter anything. He doesn't even question. 
questioned her about how she got in the library, how she got this paper, and nothing, he plays it off. And at first, that really kind of threw me off because I was like, this doesn't really line up with the psycho to keep her there because he needs her so she is freaking out and throws the, the folder at him then he does damage control and it's like oh 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 i had you know i didn't know who you were you were just some random girl that alexander wanted to bring to my place it's commonplace for me to do a background check it's nothing personal it's nothing against you so he talks her down calms her down makes her feel like she's overreacting then they <laughs> oh my goodness i remember what i wrote next i remember um she yeah she finds her own profile he covers it up then all of a sudden they had their first fight he goes oh did we just get over our first fight and she's like stop being cute so then they had their first fight and then all of a sudden start making out and then all of a sudden they decided to you know what why don't we just make this a uh, three for we're just gonna do some mattress dancing now so they had their first kiss their first fight and their first mattress dance all in the same like hour ish and then that and i thought wow this is going pretty freaking fast you know you're still in the room with the bars of the window you're magically the mirror isn't there and this guy you just found a whole profile thing it's like toxic relationship in overdrive and evie is just so trusting i don't know how because she seems like such a bright girl so <laughs> then all of a sudden after they do their mattress dance and they're cuddling, Walter's like, we should get married. Oh my gosh, this is textbook speeding up. What psychopaths, sociopaths, people the MPD do is they will push the freaking gas so hard that you can't even flinch or think fast enough to say no because they are love bombing the crap out of you. That's what this freaking Walter's doing. He has an agenda and he is turning the heat up. He doesn't... He, he's saying, you know what, if I don't get this done now, if I don't lock it down, it ain't going to happen. So then she jokingly says, I accept. And then he grins. <laughs> and then he gets up and she's like, you know, I'm joking, right? And he just smiles and leaves. Okay, right? So then all of a sudden... There's this magical dinner they're supposed to go to where she's hoping to finally meet the wedding couple. I'm finally going to meet the wedding couple. She just keeps saying this the whole thing. Is this when I get to meet the wedding couple? I'm like, chick, did you really fly all the way to England to meet this magical mystery couple? And that, because that seems to be the one thing that she says to the whole time. Is this when I get to meet the couple? Is this when I get to meet the couple? I'm like, honey, if you were here just looking to meet some mystery couple and you were ignoring all these other freaky freaky deaky red flags just to meet some couple of people that you've never met in your life we need to have a talk we need to sit you down and have a chat <laughs> we need to somehow portal grace to england because good lord this chick is making wacky wacky decisions so while it ignores her leaves and then um she goes to this dinner and guess what Walt was so amazing he left her this gorgeous dress and it's blood red and it has like feathers it's actually a beautiful dress she has like matching lipstick she looks so beautiful she enters say she had like the little masquerade 
the only normal masquerade mask, the little mask that's on a stick, and it was like gold, and it was beautiful, and she comes in, and everybody stares at her, and it's this freaking creepy-ass dinner table with all of these people wearing these, like, I want to say creepy, creepy, cryptic-looking masks. Some of them look like they're made out of skin. I want to say it's really gross. Even Alexander, you know, you know, everybody's wearing these creepy, freaky-deaky masks. So she, once again, just walks in like it's like some woo She goes right on up front, sits next to Walter as if they've known each other forever. They have not. She sits down. And then Walter starts and <laughs> says, Oh my goodness, this is crazy. I realized I must have been really engrossed in what was going on because I totally skipped out on these notes. So I'm just going to wing it. So she sits down next to the dude and he starts talking about, I did, I know I wrote this down. He's talking about the families all being part of this system. There's three main families. I know I wrote this down. Oh, right. I found it. All wearing creepy masks. He stands up and he says, all three of these families have come together for generations and generations these three great families and each family and then he says the billingtons of wilby the clubstocks of budapest and alexanders of london Ev evie asks so where's the bride and the groom <laughs> she's still wondering where the freaking bride and the groom is right <sighs> and then all of a sudden he said, and each one of these families for generations have served each other. We've all worked together to serve each other. And there has been someone missing from this table. And that will change when Evie and I are wed. And Evie says, what are you doing? Now it's all hidden Evie that she has done. She has made a couple mistakes. <laughs> It's starting to become quite evident that Evie's like, I need to rewind, rewind. So Walt ignores her question about what he's doing. And he's like, you know what? It's on. This is where we're going. She looks over at Oliver Alexander, her supposedly trustworthy cousin. The one that, you know, Grace was like, chick, you're not going to go all the way over there and be catfished by this crazy cousin of yours. And all of a sudden, she looks to him for help. Nothing. The whole table is a bunch of creepy people with all this food, this big feast and lobsters and all this stuff. And then Walter goes and says, bring out the refreshments. And then, like, the two Y, like, the, the blonde Lucy and Victoria go, yay! And then they bring out this poor maid. And this is when the movie, this is when the horror part starts. I was just like, what is going to happen? Then all of a sudden, the evil wanker, Mr. Fields, the butler, takes out, like, this knife. And then offs the server over a bowl and makes, like, some... I won't go into some of the details, but makes a, um, a like vampire friendly punch. And then everything goes south pretty quick. They really hit the gas in this movie. It took so much, like, dee -dee 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 -dee. they packed so much into this thing. Then w Walter is brought a goblet of vampire juice, we'll call it, and says, for as long as he remembers, the mortals have brought him three brides, Walter's referencing now and now per evie is like 
she's she is like wigging now i would have done passed out by now she is just holding on she's sweating she's crying she's just in a mess everything is just coming at her so fast her body just looks like it wants to shut down she goes then she starts going i have to go well then walter's going all the the mortals have brought him a bride for three brides throughout history had a message so then she he's, he's going on and all of the families all the creepy families are sitting at the table nodding and happy uh-huh yeah uh-huh yeah this is what we've done and he's like and in turn you've brought me each a woman from your family to marry and in turn you the families throughout generations have enjoyed safety and then all of a sudden evie realizes that her grandma was the guy's previous wife because he starts she starts flashing back to wait a minute you know they're showing like flashbacks of the picture flashbacks of the lady that she saw in her dream um the fact that her grandma had recently passed to and her she finds out that her grandma was emily the woman who just unalived herself at the beginning of the show was actually her grandma who had been living as his wife the whole time so um evie then tries to escape and she runs to the door these two creepy dudes block it and then um they look over and i could see like her maid the older lady that was always been kind of gentle and been there for her as a support beam i could kind of see it was like breaking her heart to see evie going through this but she knew that she couldn't like react she had to act like a stone person like everyone else and evie was like what are you guys doing why is nobody helping me are you gonna really let them do this to me and then all of a sudden they like uh, Walter goes, go ahead, wives, take her. She's yours for tonight. Tomorrow, she's mine. And then you see, like, Lucy and Victoria dragging her down to a dungeon. They tie her up in a chair. I'm not concerned why. I just don't know what that meant. Like, he was like, she's yours tonight. I'm like, what are they going to do to her? So then they lock her up in this chair. She's crying. She's bawling. And then Victoria's like, your grandma wasn't like this. Your your grandma wasn't as putting up so much of a a fight and then she finds out that victoria has actually been with walter for 500 freaking years and then lucy confesses that she's been a wife for a hundred years and then they're like and you're gonna be the third wife so this is some creepy vampire sister wife stuff that got going on so then he was like no then they drag into like this maid and um it's the one that evie kind of like bonded with in the very beginning of the show was helping to pick up the glass and stuff that she knocked over and she's like no not her leave her alone and then victoria's like oh you really like her we'll save her for your wedding day then so then they go she's like no run find help and then they lock her in a coffin they go enough of you evie and then they lock her in a freaking coffin it was really weird so like that was what they wanted to do all night like it was 
they're just gonna lock her in a coffin. So she's locked in a coffin now. Now we just see her beating on the coffin, screaming for help, trying to dig her way out. And then all of a sudden, the coffin starts to open. Like she'd been in there all night and now it's daytime. The coffin is opening. And you almost think that it's like Walter because they kind of like showed him, they showed a lot of people. And then when the coffin pops open, it's the angelic maid, the lady, the older lady who had been there, who was actually friends with her grandma, Emily. She was her friend. It was, she used to be Evie's grandma, whose name was Emily, used to be her maid. So she says, run, run, run until you hit town and find help and then get your, you know, get out and get back home and get away from here. So Evie's like, what's going to happen to you? She's like, I'm going to get what come, what I deserve. So then she frees her and she starts running. And then all of a sudden these creepy bells, like if you've ever watched the show Downton Abbey, like in these mansions, they pull these little strings and, it, and it's like a whole string system through the mansion and it rings the bell like down in the service quarters. Start ringing, everybody's bells are ringing, telling her the same thing happened when Emily escaped in the very beginning, her, her grandma escaped in the very beginning, the same thing happened now to her. So all the bells are alerting all the men to go find her now. She cannot escape before this evil vampire wedding. So then um, Evie is running through, running through, running through the woods, running through the woods. And then where does she go? Just like, just like the chick in all the scary movies goes down into the basement. Evie sees the freaking ice, the ice um, thing that he's like, oh, that's just the old ice chest, the ice house that we used to used to keep stuff cold oh what what out of all the freaking places evie climb a freaking tree okay dive into the lake all right don't go into the ice house evie goes you know what i'm gonna go into that creepy freaking looking ice house she goes on there's a bunch of dead bodies in there evie's like what the hell all of a sudden she hears these voices coming in she hides she dives underneath this table and then all of a sudden Mr. Fields appears, dun dun da, and he has the body of the lady, her the older maid, um, that was the one who freed her, and she pl he plops her down, and they already on they already took her out, and then she gasps because you know that's what you do. You're running for your life. You run into a freaking ice house. You know the murderers are right there. They just plopped down this lady and then you're gonna go, what? What? No, you're not gonna say a dang thing, okay? You are not gonna say a word. No, not Evie. Evie gasps loudly. And then Mr. Field is like, oh, what's in here? What's someone's in here? He starts searching around for her, and then Evie magically escapes, runs out of the ice house, and then locks him in, like takes this like gardening tool and like shoves it through the handlebars, and then he's off her track. So she's running through the woods, and I thought for sure they're gonna have like a whole bunch of creepy weirdos out after her. She makes it to town, all right? She's now, and I don't know why this is, this is, they really speeding up time, because she was running in daylight. She saw the town in daylight. She heard like a church bell ringing, ding dong, ding. Like, so she's like, oh, a town. So then by the time she gets to the town, it shows that she's running down dark. It's nighttime now. So when you looked at the town, she was on top of a hill. It did not take hours 
to get down to the bottom of the hill. But magically, in the video, they had now it's all of a sudden dark and wet. It was sunny and not raining, and now when she makes it to the town, it is dark and it is raining. She is running in darkness on wet cobblestone roads. She knocks on the first freaking door that she sees, and it's this little old lady looks out the window. Oh, honey, we don't have any money. Like this, she is dressed in a gown, a big, beautiful red gown. Why, why would you assume that she's looking for money? What, what? She's, she's asking for help. Help me, help me. We don't have any money. She's like, help me. So then she, the old lady calls for her husband. I can't remember his name. Blah, blah, blah. There's a girl out here. She's very distraught. He catches her or he lets her in. She comes in and then he's like, oh, what happened? And she tells them she escaped from the mansion, the DeVille mansion. Okay. So, oh. so then that kind of like, why are you going to be telling everybody? Like, you can't just go and trust in everyone. So I'm like, is she really from New York? <laughs> so, I'm not from New York and I don't, I have trust issues. <laughs> so I feel like everybody should have like been like say something like say you your car broke down and you've been walking like don't tell people you escaped from a creepy mansion because they all know who the did she not think that these people know who lives in that mansion okay i mean it's a small little cobblestone village you know they freaking know who lives in that mansion that's just up the hill right you're the new person here, not them. So the creepy little old lady, and this is just to teach you one thing. People give old people, um, they're like, oh, they're so old and frail, honey. Before those people were old and frail, they were young and evil, okay? Old people can be mean too. You Just because you get wrinkles doesn't mean you get nicer. Wrinkles do not equal kindness. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know why so many people trust nice old looking people old people can be wankers they, their skin got older but there's the same jack wagon on the inside this old lady comes over she starts the husband calls and trying to act all like they're weak and whatever and they're like oh yes there's this very distraught woman here she says she escaped from the blah 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 and then and then they're like oh well i can't hear a word they're saying honey can you talk to him so he calls the wife over and the wife is like Oh, yeah, she's really distraught. We're going to give her some chamomile tea. And now I don't want to drink chamomile tea anymore because that's what they keep trying to push on everybody. They're like, drink your chamomile tea and I'll help with your nerves. And I'm just like, oh, man, you're really creeping me out with this chamomile tea. So then Evie stares down at the tea they gave her like, should I drink this tea? Should I drink this tea? She lifts it up to her lips. Oh my gosh. Then she first, before she goes to drink the chemical tea, she looks on the mantle and she sees this picture, this old timey picture. And guess who's freaking in the picture? All of the creepy men in that mansion, plus the old lady and the freaking man and the old man. They're all in on it. They're all part of the creepy creepers. So then she dawns at her, what the biscuits? I just went all up in this house trying to ask for help and these jack wagons are buddies of them. So then she realizes they're coming for her. She takes a, actually she's gonna take a sip of the drink and then she takes and pops the, the guy with her glass cup, knocks him down. And then all of a sudden the little old frail lady 
picked up this big thing and knocked Evie out. And then she says, you're not going to F it up for everybody. So then it's like, oh, goodness sake. So you get a bigger picture that if she, that just tells you, if you were escaping and you got a bunch of crazy people like this, don't be trusting everybody. You need to start telling some fibs to get out of there. So my lessons, I said, old people are not innocent psychopaths are charming and if it seems too good to be true it is those are my life lessons right now i pick it up for this movie so the crazy butler um is still locked up then all of a sudden you get to see that um she they turned those people turned her back it turned her back into the the creepy mansion people the vampires and the old lady um clubbed her she wakes up now and you have Walt, who is now in the room with her. She is coming to, she is waking up from being clubbed and transferred back to the mansion. And now she's laying, um, kind of bloodied up, aching in pain. And she's laying next to one of like the hired help people from the very beginning that they hired, like all this serving staff, hire one of those ladies. Then Walter wakes up and is like, I really wish you weren't gonna give me problems. Goes over and starts eating, like sucking a vampire juice out of the lady's ankle. Um, and then he's like, I really wish you would have just made this easy on yourself. And then she, <laughs> I think at that point she just realized he goes I, f I hope you've got this out of your system then all of a sudden I think she just kind of like um, said you know what I'm just gonna lean into this and I'm gonna see if I can you know just survive so then all of a sudden it, you're at the wedding now now they show her in her wedding gown she has a veil over her face all the creepy people are there and they have the audacity to show the camera to the little old man and the woman who freaking sold her out and shipped her back they were even there at her freaking wedding and the old guy has like this big bash on his head for when she clubbed him with her cup and stuff so she's walking down the aisle and everybody's there. She's like this creepy sacrificial lamb to keep everybody safe from this beast vampire guy, which you've never seen him, only his teeth came out. And to be honest, the actor's ears kind of wigged me out anyways because he kind of has bat ears. Um, they picked a perfect Thomas Doherty to play Walter DeVille because he kind of has a bat face. <laughs> now when I look at it, he looks like the perfect vampire face. So, um, he's at the altar now and they are going, saying their vows and this creepy priest looking guy is not a priest. He's like in this big leather outfit is so creepy. It's like what you would imagine, like secret society wackadoodles wearing. And, um, he's saying their vows and Walter's like, I do. And then they say the vows and then ask her and everybody pauses like, oh my gosh, is she going to say something? Is she, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? And she goes, I do. And then everybody's like, oh, she does. Like they're all happy that their stupid butts are safe at the sacrifice of this poor girl's life who wanted nothing to do with any of this and was forced into it. So she does it. And then she starts to hear her mom's voice. In the beginning of the movie, you, 
she plays back like a voice message from her mom and it brings her like comfort and strength so at the end of the show she's listening in her mind she can hear a mother's words saying you will always be stronger than you think you are and then all of a sudden she grabs his wrist and bites into it and sucks walter's like so much blood out of them because now she's a vampire um she is sucked i don't know when the transition happened i don't know if i don't know any of that i don't it just kind of sped up like it was like boom 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 um so she sucks so much blood out of walter he falls down and he's like mildly like happy about it but then also kind of concerned like did i just make a big mistake <laughs> And she just kind of thought, you know what? I'm going. And this is, she heard her mom say she's stronger than this. She walks up to the altar. She sets the freaking thing on fire. And then this glorious moment. And this whole time I was just thinking, how is she going to get out? Because I love happy endings. I want a happy ending. Even in this show, I wanted a happy ending. But it was a horror mystery show. And I'm like, eh, am I going to get my happy ending? So Evie goes and in such a like a beast mode and just sets the whole thing on fire and then she goes over and takes this thing and goes and stabs him and she, she thinks she killed him because um before she left when the old when the um the her maid that helped her escape before she helped her escape she said there's only certain ways you can kill them you have to cut off their head you have to stab them in their heart and you have to set them on fire all these things that she said that you had to do to make sure that they got you know they were murdered so she thought she took the spike and stabbed him right in the heart and she thought because she sucked so much blood of him that he would be weak and then the other two wives went to his side oh and then she growled and she went and set free the other people that they planned on eating she set them free and told them to run and to go find help and then she turned to her cousin alexander and he was like oh, oh, oh and then he like runs off so she was like gonna go on like a you a comeuppance type of a thing so then she goes out and she's you know in her like boom boom like the hawk you know she is just like fit to be tied she's pissed off she goes into this like ballroom type area and then all of a sudden evil victoria appears and she starts calling her a halfling because what happened was as evie's grandma emily had an affair with a um someone who worked at the mansion I called him a footman. So she had an affair with a footman. The footman had a baby. They um, got the baby. I think the maid must have helped the baby fight, get out. So the mom, so Evie's mom was the baby, a half, half vampire from Emily and then a halfling and then the, her human father who was a footman. So then... Evie was a halfling because her grandma's lineage was vampire and her grandpa's was not. So she, the Victoria was like, you're no match for me. You're a halfling. Well, then all of a sudden she had Evie up. She was going to attack her. She had her up getting ready to do some sort of a kill 
Blow. And then little Lucy, which I always liked Lucy. She was funny and nice and bubbly. And you could tell she didn't really want to be in any of this anyways. And she was forced into it for a hundred years. Lucy comes up and turns on Victoria. Starts fighting Victoria to save Evie from Victoria. Victoria's hurt now. Oh, Lucy's turning on me. They start battling. Lucy pushes Victoria up. And she ends up offing Victoria and herself on this like spike that went right through them and turned them to dust. And then all of a sudden you think that's the end, but that's not the end because now the Mr. Fields appears and he is going in saying, you're nothing but a halfling. I told everybody you weren't worth it and you're a waste of time and you're, you're so beneath us and we're better than you. And then all of a sudden he's getting ready to, he has a spear getting ready to stab into her and then she find something else and then she oh she just snaps she just gets that extra bit of gusto then she offs him poof mr fields is gone so now victoria's gone lucy's gone mrs fields gone and then where's walter at she thought she offed walter but victoria said no you just you just weakened him he's not all the way gone yet so then walter makes a second appearance and he's like you and he says stuff you modern women are so ungrateful and walter's looking a little rough now he has gray hair he's really weak because she sucked a lot of blood out of him then she stabbed him so he wasn't on his a game but he still was stronger than her because you know he's the main dude so she ends up kill he ends up coming at her she attacks um, him back she kicks him he's coming at her she does this kick flings him back into this fire and then she kills him and she walks away a halfling she is just high on this like i'm just taking down all these baddies kind of vibe so then they fast forward she killed him she went walking off and then all of a sudden she is back in i'm guessing i don't know if she's in new york or she's wherever oliver alexander is her cousin he was the ones they they showed in the in the show that each one of the great families serviced the walter deville in a certain way so some of them like victoria's family that she came from covered his finances they were like the banking ones and then this family the alexanders were the real estate people and then the other ones did something else i can't remember exactly he went through a whole list of how all the great families have always serviced him for generations with women and also literal services so she went back so now evie has this cute short spunky hairdo her bff grace is back on the scene and they it's nighttime now and you hear walter on the cell phone so it's within um a, a window of time where i think maybe there she tracked down walter and you hear walter saying don't worry she's a hat she's a mortal now he thinks that she's a mortal because Walter was killed because it was known that if they killed Walter, then anyone he turned would also not would also be killed too. They wouldn't exist anymore, but he doesn't know because she's a halfling that she exists beyond Walter being um, taken out. So, um, Oliver Alexander, her once trusted cousin, 
is now frantically going to his realtor business at night. And you see Grace and Evie across the street. And, <laughs> and they're like kind of bantering back and forth about Grace, like, you know, being the sidekick. And um, Evie's like, you know what? Um, she's like, I've... I think it's it's my turn to be the the lead now because like um Grace was always the the stronger personality, the funny one, the one with a good head on her shoulders and Evie always felt like she was a sidekick. So now Evie's like let me go in first and she's like, "Oh, so I'm a sidekick." And she's like, "Oh, it's it's my turn to to take control." So then Evie whips this bat out and uh, Evie or Grace whips this bat out and Evie's like, okay, let's go. And Evie goes, what you got that bat for? She goes, isn't it kind of funny that we're gonna, we're, we're um, taking out all these vampires and I have a bat. And then they just start laughing. And then they just walk towards Walter or walk towards Oliver Alexander's realty business where he's in there and he thinks that they're in the clear. They can run around and scamper. And then all of a sudden the movie ends. So I love the ending of the movie because I feel like it leaves that cliffhanger that they could turn this into a series if they wanted how she just kind of tracks down all these jack wagons who were willing to sacrifice her to Walter um, you could always have Walter reappear like he didn't fully die in the fire and he comes back and I don't know I think it sets us up the invitation even though it's like this really this movie I think needed to be way longer than an hour and 45 minutes but you can't really make movies so long that people don't want to watch them so there was so much like packed into this movie um so I think the things that I really loved I'll have to say I'm just winging it now as I love the ending I love that um, she went in, kicked butt, took names, and and uh, everyone who thought that she was trash and this halfling and this less than, she showed them up, took them out, and um, moved on. I love a powerful chick ending. And then also, I love the fact that there was like these tongue-in-cheek stuff with Grace. I love the fact that they had that spunky friend constantly checking in on her i wish she was more of a part of the show so maybe if they do do like a series or like a second uh, movie she now will be more a part of it because i thought she really brought a lot to the table it kind of switched up the energy um of not just being a horror mystery there was some comedy on the side because it was very relatable her concerns were everything that i wished i uh, the stuff that i was yelling at her in the movie like what are you doing there's freaking bars on it. And then I think that they did Evie a disservice because in the beginning, she's this, um, she's living on her own. She's had some rough patches with her family passing away one by one, but she was really smart. She had life goals. She had a career that she was working towards. She, you know, she had a good head on her shoulders. She was very strong, very smart, very witty very pretty and then all of a sudden they just made her melt right into the hands of this first hot looking guy who had a mansion you know and i just thought really i feel like she was deeper than that shallow people are really easily impressed by stuff like that but the deeper a person is the more they are not so easily bamboozled by the appearances um, and all the material stuff. So I feel like they kind of did her a disservice because they made her just go like boom, boom. Like it was 
a couple dates, a couple dresses, and she's ready to just lock and load with this guy. And I just thought, Ugh. I feel like she wouldn't, her personality that they were pinning her, like making her up to be in the beginning, didn't really seem how she was in the middle of the movie. But then she picked back up where they left her off at the end of the movie. So I do like that. I feel like there was a because they were cramming a lot into this hour and 45 minutes, I feel like they left a lot of stuff kind of on the cutting room floor, like questions like, was she really jogging? Was she in a dream? Um, where, you know, it, everything just seemed to be happening so fast. So that's why I think this would have made a better series. But you know, what we know about Netflix is they're notorious for coming up with series and then they just kick them off after one or two seasons. So maybe it's safer for us to only watch movies on Netflix because when we get our hearts set on like a Netflix original series and then all of a sudden they just don't renew it after a year and we're like, what the heck? This was an amazing series and you don't even give it a chance. You know, there are some really good series out there that have just been kicked to the curb by Netflix. So it's almost like, is it safer to only watch movies like this on Netflix and not want them to actually do a series? Maybe let an HBO or a CW or something pick it up and run with it. You know, definitely could see that happening. So overall, I enjoyed the show. It was a good hour and 45 minutes. It went by super fast. And for me and my taste, I, because I don't like super grow, grody shows, it was just enough horror to kind of um, show you that stuff was serious and stuff was really going down, Evie, and like your world is getting turned upside down right now. So I like it. I think um, from a one to 10, I would probably have to give it like maybe a six and a half or a seven. So, all right. So that has been my cozy conversation about the show, The Invitation on Netflix. It is meant to just be an open dialogue commentary about a movie that hopefully if you haven't seen it um, or if you want to check it out, I just loaded you down with a bunch of spoilers. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to share some of the user reviews from IMB, imdb.com. This person ranked it a 5 out of 10. And they said, you might want to decline this invitation until home release because this came out on in August of 27, um, the 27th of August of 2022. Apparently I'm getting all my dates mixed up. So um, now that it's out on Netflix, a lot of people are binging it and watching it right now. So what they liked about it, they said the pace, it's fast. It doesn't get stuck too much in trivial world building and it gets to the antics very quickly to start getting into the thrills. The Invitation has a lot of things to decipher in the short run time, but it's always moving and seldom slowing down to get bogged in higher order thinking. For those looking for just a way to turn off the mind, this can be a giant plus alongside the appeal of a one component of the story. The setting, a beautiful world that they have created in this movie, a European centered mansion. You know, they, I'll just skip over all that stuff. They go into lighting effects, the potential story. So the story is not the worst I've seen and it holds some elements of an engaging character. This film is a neo-gothic style drama with elements of horror and romance 
sprinkled in to try and live up to the stories of the classic horror films. Paying homage to the tales it references were nice, and there was a lot of quality points they could have used to help guide this to be one of the better tales. Throw in some darker comedy, like Ready or Not, and the overall feel of the movie showed that there was a, there was potential. Um, the the dislikes, they they liked the um, costumes and stuff like that, the makeup, all this. They said the dislikes, it was predictable. They said I got it from the trailer, even though the few clips did not reveal what the twist was. The movie should not be too hard to decipher what will happen as the dialogue plays out. The clues are handed a little too easily, the hints too obvious, and of course the subtle things sneaking out a bit to reveal the big twist. They had other elements not taking a hit because of this, and there had been more of a story element. This would not have been an issue, but something was just askew that led to predictability being too much. They said not scary, suspenseful. They dock it up as a horror film of the century, and it's not that's it's not but it lacked scares for me in this film despite their best attempts i think the most my heart raced was when she was running away and escaping because i didn't know what how the movie was going to end if she was going to be caught or not and it really caught me off guard when the little old people clubbed her and said don't f it up for everyone i was like oh these freaking creepy old people everybody underestimates the old wrinklies these 90 year olds with their <laughs> hunched over backs can like pull off some ninja tactics apparently <laughs> so just ninjas with wrinkles it lacks a creepy atmosphere the intensity of the horror is blunted by quick finishes and the direction eventually takes it to neo-gothic style drama over anything else i started to wonder if they were going to take it in like a 50 shades of gray because he was pretty intense like and the he like all of the red flags it was just like come on chick um yeah this is i do agree because i saw some of the trailer um, just at the top of the IMDB page when I was adding this to my show notes and I was like wow the trailer seems to have all kinds of like the whole freaking movie in it and um, they said one of the biggest faults of this movie funny enough isn't anything to do with the movie itself but the promotions for it if you have seen the trailer for this movie then you pretty much seen the entire movie and I thought the same thing um, and then this person said it was endearingly hot garbage, and <laughs> they gave it a 3 out of 10. The Invitation is a horror film made for people who like Hallmark movies. That's me. This is exactly why I liked it, because I only love watching. I freaking love Hallmark movies, and I love Hallmark movies and mysteries, and this is only probably the reason why I could tolerate it, and why it really was shocking that they even called it a horror film. Is that just about the entire first hour of the movie plays out like a generic Hallmark romance between a suave English... They're not lying. They're not lying because she just went in hard on this guy and he was like hot and she was like hot and they were like, we love each other and we're just going to do the dirty right here after we just had our first fight, our first kiss and our first met. Like everything was like, boom, it was crazy. So the only difference is that the occasional lifeless, predictable jump scare sequence is peppered in throughout to serve as a reminder that this not all is well with this picture perfect romance and that something sinister is being hidden yeah that is true um this is sadly it is that bad a lot of people are giving it three out of ten well needless to say this movie sadly brings absolutely nothing and i do mean nothing ditto to the gender of vam 
They said gender. I think they mean genre of vampire movies. In fact, it's been done a zillion million times before and so, so much better. And um, this person, I love the American view of England. Uh, <laughs> let's read this. This sounds interesting. So according to Hollywood, everyone in England is either insanely rich and lives in manor houses or is a servant for someone who is insanely rich and lives in manor houses. They're not wrong. <laughs> it's one or the other. Or possibly they may be even a farmer or Sherlock Holmes. This is a fun yet gigantically predictable tale about a poor orphaned American girl who is swept off her feet when she discovers that she is related to a rich English family. Then bad stuff happens, but the bad people don't realize that their target has more fight than they bargained for. If you can get past the avalanche of cliches, then there is some entertainment to be had here. We've all seen the story in one form or another and a thousand times before. Just go with it. I like that. I think that's my favorite review. They gave it a six out of ten. So, right now, it's looking a lot of people. The 6 out of 10 is the highest rating. So, yep, I think that wraps it up. That's my favorite review. It sums it up right. And I think I'm going to sum it up by saying, let's revisit the lessons we have learned from this show. Because life, you know, art imitates life. And movies is a form of art. And what we need to learn is that one old people are not innocent they can be evil psychopaths too two if something is seems too good to be true it is three if somebody is hitting the gas on your relationship they're buying you stuff all the time that's called love bombing they're trying to woo you with material things because they don't know how to be a good person so they think they can buy your love secondly if they are trying to future fake you going oh look we should get married oh i want to get married with you i want to have kids i want to build a life with you and they just met you like three days ago run for the hills that's called future faking they are bombing you with gifts because f your language of love is presence oh they got that base covered and then they want to future fake you they want to start planning your future and they literally just met you run 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 they're trying to lock that down if that's one of your languages of love is planning and intimacy and opening up mm, they think they got that base covered and then what they'll do is they start flattering you and they start liking the same things you like like the dude magically having a building with pottery stuff in it oh does he look like he's a pottery person no did he say he was no how did he have it why did he have it was he doing the background work on her that's what people will do too predators love to do the groundwork so they can like the same things you like and you will once again let your guard down oh they like the same kind of food i like oh they like the same they like to do pottery too the last thing I, guys doing is sitting out in the woods making pottery okay but no he was just faking this chick out and then when people tell you how they are listen to them when he was like i literally have no redeemable qualities and she's like oh stop it he's like what oh you're just trying to play a part no honey he's telling you the truth he has no redeemable qualities <laughs> and th and then the, what we're what number are we on like six if there's bars on your door if you go to stay at someone's house and you're on like the third freaking floor and that's a big mansion and they're like oh the bars on the door is from the carnivorous birds that try to get in what you need to get an Uber and get the hell out of Dodge because that is not 
Okay, okay. And then magically of the mirrors are gone. Hmm, interesting. Have you not seen Lost Boys? Have you not been, wa have you not watched one vampire movie growing up? Have the mirrors are missing, something's wrong, something's wrong. And then also, creepy rude butlers. I've never met a butler before in my life, but if it's just creepy and rude, I think that would be a sign. All right, is there more that I'm missing? Oh yeah, listen to your friend. When your friend is saying, hmm, I feel like this isn't a good idea, you probably shouldn't go across the pond and meet up with some random dude who's saying he's your cousin and a cousin. Oh, and then not to mention, he, she goes into a family reunion. They call it a family reunion and it's all men. It's all men. What is that? There, to me, it felt like like it was some sort of handmaid's tale weirdness stuff going on. Like something was gonna be going on. Like, oh, we're so happy to have you. And then they're like, you're all my relatives and they're all dudes, okay? Stay away from the sausage fests. Nothing good can happen from just one, like have a nice balance of people, okay? Don't just be hanging out with a whole room full of dudes, okay? It's not good. Plus it can go the other way too, because I used to do hair and I had to do hair around 25 chicks. And let me tell you, that can be rough too, okay? <laughs> so that's our lessons. Art imitating life from the invitation on Netflix. So this has been my cozy chat about the movie, The Invitation on Netflix. If you want to be part of the cozy chat, you can contact the show on Twitter at a cozy chat. You can email the show at cozyconversationspod at gmail.com. And you can visit the show and the others that I host at the cozypodcastnetwork.com. I hope you've enjoyed this cozy chat and I hope you come back for more chats in the future. So, all right, well, I'm going to go search for another show to chat about. I don't know if I'll do a series and then talk about episodes. I have no idea. That's the beauty of this podcast is it can be a cozy chat about anything. So you guys have a great day and I will see you at my next cozy chat. Bye.